On this episode of Three Bro Sports Podcast, you got to sound those alarms right now. Andrew Wojnarowski's throwing nukes right now. He's throwing nukes on every single country as the NBA tread deadline is coming up right now. It's 2.53 at the time of us recording it, so the deadline has seven more minutes left. So we may be updated with some new trades. I mean, we, we have to go over this. I know our, our, our TV show's for Saturday, but it's time for us to do it now. And we also sadly have to go over to Super Bowl matchup as I, I've, I, I like to think I may have Alzheimer's and uh, act like... What game? What happened? Did it, what happened to the Niners? <laughs> Seems like all those 49ers fans forgot, too. And you see when they got off the plane, there was like three people. There. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I was like, wow, that's so sad. Everyone else is trying to forget, too. <laughs> but first. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to another Three Bros Sports Podcast. The podcast of three college students who can just talk about sports forever. You've heard it enough. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Curtis. <laughs> Is that a tribute uh, for Curtis Granderson, a former MLB outfielder who just retired? Or? Uh, yeah, you know me. Yeah, yeah as the baseball savant. Yeah, yeah. MLB. Is <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of that name either yeah. in my life. Calvin, I, I, you're right there with Brez, a non baseball fan. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm like stripping baseball, your title. But that is a name I've I just want to get this out of the way right now. Before we started recording this, uh, I was told by Calvin that Bryce Harper is the best player in the MLB over Mike Trout. I, I did say that Mike Trout does make a good run at it. <laughs> I think he could definitely overtake it. But. Calvin, you're losing all credibility right now, buddy. Hey. Oh, oh, this hurts. It's this just this, my this thoughts hurts. On that. <laughs> this hurts. But right now, what what isn't hurting is. Uh, for us personally, is the Woj bombs that are uh, coming out right now as the NBA trade deadline is ending in four minutes at the time of us recording this. And trade after trade is happening. I mean, 20 minutes before we recorded this, Andre Drummond just got traded to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, no, not from, he was going to the Cleveland Cavaliers for John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick. I'm just picturing every NBA front office like that episode of Spongebob. Yeah, he's in the, the office in his brain. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about that too. Yeah. Um, but move after move is going on, and one move I'll at least start this off with, Brett, as a Timberwolves fan yourself. You ended up getting D'Angelo yes. Russell, and you're free from Andrew Wiggins. Tell me, how does it feel? It feels great. I mean, especially after watching him last night. I mean, pretty much every time uh, the ball switched sides, he was just jogging up the court. Typical, you know, Andrew Wiggins just kind of doing his thing out there that he's been doing his whole career. So I'm honestly happy that we get to move on from him. Um, I think that it, you know, it's clear that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins weren't the one and two. Uh, it wasn't working out well for them. So I think D'Angelo Russell has good chemistry with Cat. I think that'll be a great addition. And um, the other trades they made, I think they got a um, a lot of good pieces that can maybe contribute in the future. I mean, obviously they're on a 13, 13 game losing streak, so <laughs> there's not much going for them right now. So it's definitely time to rebuild. And I, I like the moves they made. Yeah, I definitely like the moves. Uh, I also love what Golden State did as well because when you look at their team, they aren't—they weren't meant to get a guy like D'Angelo Russell. It seemed a little weird. Of what is the fit? You're really going to run three dominant uh, ball uh, ca- uh, carrier guards together? It didn't—it didn't make much sense to me. And. I like the idea of you're now able to get a first-round pick. You were able to get a small forward who could shoot well. Let's not talk about the defense. Draymond Green will be upset about that. <laughs> um, but you got great wing players, a first-round pick. It was kind of like that's exactly what Golden State wanted all along. Yeah. I don't think they wanted to keep D'Angelo Russell for that long. I think they yeah. wanted to move him immediately. Yeah, I think that they knew that how badly Minnesota wanted them, so... 
they looked down the road. They said we can get some more pieces if we just keep D'Angelo Russell here, and maybe it'll work out. You know, Clay being hurt and all that, but it didn't. Um, so, and and I I got a question. You know, I didn't think it was going to get done um, before the deadline, but D'Angelo Russell had a really rough game last night. He missed. Uh, he was 0 for nine for his three pointers. So, I don't know if that had some. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> you, you want this much for him? We're, you know, maybe they were just going off the feelings of the game they just saw, but I, I'm happy to see it get done for sure. M- maybe so, yeah. yeah. Well, at least one of your yeah. teams is doing well. Uh, well, Bre- uh, Calvin. In terms of trades. <laughs> in terms of trade, yeah. yes. I wouldn't but, say well. Uh, Calvin, uh, Casey Johnson, uh, insider for NBC Sports Chicago, has now said the Bulls have no trade calls lined up with 10 minutes to go. Well, this was five, uh, seven minutes to go at the time. So as a Bulls yeah. fan, are you a little upset about that? Because Laurie Markkinen's is kind of signaling that he wants to be traded. I mean, I'm not too upset about it. Just, I mean, I would love to get, like, a, a dominant big man. I would have loved to have had Andre Drummond, honestly. But, I mean, even with Laurie Markkinen, I like Laurie Markkinen a lot, and I think he could be really, really good. But, I mean, if he wants out, it's just not going to happen. I hoping that they can at least convince him to stay. But at this point, I don't. Now I just kind of see we need a big man in the future. <laughs> yeah. And but you, you got to be happy with uh, what your Kings are bringing in, getting rid of that Dwayne Deadman we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that ago. in just a minute. Uh, but I, I still <laughs> want to stay on to the Bulls. Just because, I mean, you still have Daniel Gafford. You have Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. I mean, it, like on paper, it looks like you do have talent. Like some, you yeah. have some great youth, but they haven't panned out to be what you would expect them to. Yeah. So, is there? I know we always do a segment called "Where's He Going?" But if you were playing a game of NBA Two K Twenty of my league and you're running it, if you had to really get a big man right now, who who would you be targeting, and like what could you give up for that? Kind of in your eyes. Like, are you just talking about just what I want in Two K? Well, for the Bulls, let's just say you're okay, the general manager, Bulls. but this is a game of Two K. I mean, Drummond is definitely a guy I like a lot. I also like Hassan Whiteside. Like, I mainly want a guy that can. Play defense, get the rebounds that we need. Yeah, I'm. And, I'm kind of surprised just, you guys didn't get Drummond. That yeah. kind of surprised me for the return that they got back. It makes almost no sense as of why they didn't get. They didn't get Drummond. Like you could have easily given up Denzel Valentine, maybe a later first round pick, and I would have given him a first round pick for Drummond. Yeah, I just, really would have because he could make a real difference for the Bulls. He is. He's a franchise altering type player, but the problem is he never been succeeded to win in Detroit because it's all bigs, no wing help. But the yeah. one thing that Chicago does have is a lot of wing players. I mean, you're gonna run Andre Drummond and Zach Levine together. Like, imagine the pick and rolls, the possibilities of that. But Brett, you did bring up my Sacramento King, so I'll at least throw my two sets in there as. I know a lot of fans out in Sacramento maybe are easing off of uh, the fire of Lottie Divock as uh, they traded off Dwayne Dedman for Jabari Parker, uh, Alex Len, and also the Kings gave up uh, two second-round picks as well. That mean almost nothing as they have like 15 other dr- second-round picks. They're basically like loaded with that. They think that's what's going to make a championship team is all the second-rounders. But I like I like the move because I think Jabari Parker has something to prove still. And, I mean, if Sacramento keeps running uh, Bielitsa at the four every single game, I mean, he doesn't play any defense. What's Jabari, like Jabari Parker's like the same thing. So you're just bringing the same person off the bench. Maybe you play him at the three a little bit. He, he could do that. But I don't know. I like the deal in, in general just because we cut off half of uh, the salary of yeah. Dwayne Dedman. 
but it's got to be good for him too. I mean, he used to play for Atlanta, so he knows the system. He knows the players, and yeah, exactly. His best years were in Atlanta, so maybe he can get back to his old form uh, in the same system. Exactly, and then also, I'm now kind of just like running all over the place. I, I know <laughs> I, I'll just at least give you guys a little bit more information. I uh, I just got off work about 30 minutes ago, and I'm 30 minutes away from where we record. So I was booking it down to down the highway, trying to get down here to do it. So I'm, I'm a little miscombobulated. So I do apologize for that. I guess I just can't handle it. I don't know. I I'm just, I just can't handle hosting this this show or something. I I don't know. I think somebody said that You're before. Doing fine, buddy. Thank you. You're doing I, fine. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I wish I heard that before. <laughs> but now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off the last trade of the deadline, unless uh, something comes out saying that this was agreed upon at 2:59. But the last deal that happened was a three-team trade between the Los Angeles Clippers, Knicks, and Wizards. It was Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas will go to the Clippers. Uh, Drone Robinson will join the Wizards, and he was a first-round pick uh, just with Marvin Bagley. It was 2018, so that's kind of a quick flip around. And then Mo Harkless and a 2020 first-round pick will be going to the Knicks. I'm very happy that the Knicks are finally realizing if you're going to be a bad team, you get some damn draft picks. It is about time. <laughs> like You can be as bad of a team as you want, but you can't just have one first-round pick. Like, you are deliberately trying to tank. Get more than one. And I understand it's probably going to be the Clippers' 2021st round pick. It is about pick 25. But you don't know what pick 25 has in store. You could easily use that, and you have Alfred Payton for next year. You could flip those two and get 15. You could easily do that. So it's about time that they're doing that. the Knicks are doing that. I think Isaiah Thomas at the Clippers is kind of interesting because uh, they don't have a real ball-dominant uh, point guard. I mean, Patrick Beverly, but... I think Isaiah Thomas has a better shot creator because that's what they need. Uh, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being injured so much, I think that's a really solid uh, player. He could definitely thrive in that system of where he's not looked at to actually like lead a team. He could kind of be that quiet guy averaging 12. Yeah, I don't think it will hurt uh, them at all to bring in a player like that. And I know... Um, are you going to flip my paper here? Yeah, I'm flipping the paper. No, I'm, I'm going to list... a little bit on the back there. I'm going to list off... So, it was reported that this was basically going to be a quiet deadline, that not many big names are going to be moved. That's what everybody was talking about. But this probably will go down as, like, one of the most hectic uh, trade deadlines of them all. And I at least want to bring up one trade in spe- uh, specifically as the most... This, was, this trade that happened uh, with Denver... Minnesota, Atlanta, and Houston. A four-team trade. This was the most amount of players swapped in a deal since 2000 when it was Patrick Ewing going to the Supersonics back in Seattle. Now, here's what it is. Houston Rockets will be getting Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a 2024 second-round pick. Atlanta gets Clint Capella and Nene. Minnesota gets Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt in a 2020 first round pick lottery protected by Brooklyn, but still, uh, as a Timberwolves fan, you got to be thrilled about that. And then Denver will get Gerald Green, Kate uh, Keita Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first round pick from Houston. And I think that's good for Denver as well. It's yeah. you need to pick, you need to get more assets. And I, I honestly have nothing but amazing things to just say about Atlanta. Uh, they realize that they need bigs. And they need it now. They're not going to wait on it. 
Like, you can always make the argument, oh, why not just do it during uh, the offseason? Well, you're now giving players about 30 games to work with one another. Capella's going to be there next year as well. So it's like kind of an extended training camp of learning how to play with a guy like Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and you could really build something. And then also Atlanta, they ended up getting uh, Dwayne Dedman as well. So they're now like completely loaded at center. Definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, having three quality centers, uh, Deadman, Capella, like they have a young core. And if I had to pick one team next year that could be like the, a breakout team, it's definitely Atlanta. Yeah, it's amazing what a mm. uh, week can make, <laughs> difference oh, to the yeah. team. I mean, they were had no hope about a week ago, and now they actually have a glimmer of it. So, uh, good for the Hawks. <laughs> this honestly might be the quickest I've ever seen, or like the most um, drastic change I've ever seen for a team in terms of like, good because they went all the way from being like bad at center you need a big man to now all of a sudden they're loaded yeah and like w- that team was already doing fairly okay without it but now that they have three bigs that can all play fairly well i mean that team not this year because i mean it like you said it's kind of like an extended training camp but next year that team's going to be scary <laughs> uh just a funny note though uh timberwolves played the hawks last night and uh you know, the Hawks beat them. Timberwolves didn't lead the game at all. Yeah, they that's part of our toilet bowl <laughs> matchup. So let's add so, that into the record. Calvin, we both get a win on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, when you got Jordan McLaughlin on the two-way contract, G League being playing 31 minutes, you know, it's going to be a rough game. But I do want to say, though, that Twitter has some pretty funny uh, responses to when you lose to the Hawks. They, you know, they tweet all these memes out about their players you just lost to. So-and-so. For Trey Young, they had a lollipop. That had been dropped on the floor and it had a bunch of hair on it. <laughs> so that was like, you just lost to a dirty lollipop when they're talking about his haircut. And that's exactly what I was thinking about when I was watching the game. Like, what is with this dude's hair? It's like he's got it faded up, cut perfectly, and then on top it's just... It, it, it looks like a 45-year-old haircut, really. It's like you already lost yeah. a hairline, but, yeah, but he's the, only... But the lollipop on the floor with hair on it was the perfect, uh, that's perfect pretty good analogy for his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I want to circle back, so I want to... Let, let's... Get, let's reel this in. So I want to go over like a few winners and a few losers for this trade deadline. And I, I already said Atlanta is one, but another team that I think hands down one, Golden State. I mean, so they already made one move of moving off Al- Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson to third to Philadelphia for three second round picks. You now were able to get Wiggins, a first round pick and a second round pick. You built up a lot of assets. And for a contending team, like they'll have Steph Clay back, and they're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that, and they'll have a top pick in this draft, that was genius of the Warriors to build up because they never had a ton of draft capital going in, like as their dynasty. They, ne- they never did that. But now they're in that situation of they're allowed to. And I, I think this was genius on the Warriors' part. I'm really interested to see how Wiggins plays in Golden State because I I don't know if it was a matter of him just not being happy in the franchise in Minnesota like a lot of players are. Um, But, yeah, once, you know, maybe not this year, but next year once you get Steph and Clay back, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with those guys because, you know, he's still a great basketball player. It's a matter of if he's going to bring the effort night in and night out. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely interested to see that. But adding all those draft picks definitely – 
definitely helps for the future. Yeah, they really do. Honestly, I'm kind of looking at it now. I'm wondering if all those injuries were really a blessing in disguise. Oh, it was. Because yeah. this yeah. is the year where they actually get to, like, build like, even more. Mm-hmm. You just have one year where you're bad and everything, and now all of a sudden with everything that's coming back, and then all of a sudden your stars are coming back next year. It's almost like they're just going to pick up right where they left off, and now everyone that kicked them while they were down this year, they're coming back. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to play the Warriors next year. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the other teams that are winners, though, um, you know, I think Golden State's an obvious choice. Um, but I got to go also Minnesota, with Minnesota for yep. sure. Um, yeah. You know, adding all that depth, I think Malik Beasley can has the potential to be a really good uh, rotational player for us. Um, you know, he's a g- great outside shooter, which we definitely need help with because we've been missing a lot of three pointers lately. Um, but I did find it interesting. I don't know if. I'm thinking about Houston, and I'm trying to think of if they won or lost in this because they got rid of Capella. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a big, obviously, and he's going to do good things down in Atlanta. But uh, Houston is kind of trying to move away from. They want to have smaller players, and an in- interesting fact that came out: um, there's not a player on their roster that's taller than six six, and that has there hasn't been a team like that since 1963, New York Knicks. So for the Rockets, yes, for the Rockets. Why? You know what's funny? They're playing small ball. So it's gonna, you know, they're gonna be. They can still shoot the ball well, but it's gonna be interesting to see how the. Well, they they now have one on roster. They have one, but this is this is kind of funny because they ended up getting Jordan Bell, and I thought that was a really nice piece. Uh, and then they decided to trade uh, Bell for Bruno Caboclo, the Brazilian Kevin Durant, who never panned out any way, shape, or form, and cannot play the center. I think the funniest part was seeing a picture of PJ Tucker with stilts on. I think it was a it was a fo- it was a Photoshop photo picture. I don't know for a fact if he actually posted that if that's where it was originally from, but I thought that was hilarious as he's basically going to be going up against Anthony Davis when they face each other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I th- I thought that was really funny. I think uh, Iguodala is going to be a really good addition for that Miami Heat team, though. Yeah, that yeah. was another Especially winner I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. A young team, he's definitely going to help. I, I have a really close friend uh, who's a diehard Heat fan, and he was a little upset with the deal of moving James Johnson and Deion Waiters uh, for the ability for them to get their own shot and handle the ball on their own. But I really like Solomon Hill. I really think that was a good piece. Uh, Andre Iguodala, he's a universal type player. I don't agree with the two-year, thirty million dollar extension. Although the second year is a team or no player option or no team option. I was right the first time, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't make too much sense of why to give him fifteen million. I can see maybe ten, but if you're you're kind of pushing it at the fifteen mark for a guy who hasn't played all year and is thirty-six years old, yeah. But you got a team, Calvin. Yeah, a winner, a loser. Oh yeah, I mean. Obviously, winners definitely Atlanta, Minnesota, Golden State. I also really like Denver as a winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they got some good vets. Yeah, like I mean, the team was already really good this year, and on yeah. top of that, then they just had Gerald Green. You got a first round pick. I mean, it's from the Rockets. So yeah. I really like Kade Bates D up too. He's uh, yeah, yeah, it's he's a uh, he's really a sleeper. Uh, he a lot of people slept on him on the draft. You know, he played some G League games, but when he got called up to the Timberwolves this year, he's been re- a really solid player, and he had, a, like, a two-week stretch where he was just knocking down every three-pointer he took. He was getting the rebounds, playing great defense, so I think that's a definite uh, help for the yeah. Denver Nuggets. I think, honestly, out of what I've seen, there's only two teams I can say that have lost Who? in this. Houston's one of them. Oh, big time. I, I mean, let's be honest here. You need a big guy in basketball today. I don't care what kind of – yeah, while he, you're trying to play. Houston seems pretty confident that they don't, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see then how quick uh, that Joe Manager gets fired. Oh, my God. 
God. Yeah, just imagine but them playing the Lakers. I mean, Anthony Davis is going like to look like he's playing against five-year-olds out there. I mean, Daryl Morey versus... Uh, this is I like, don't know. It, it could work, and they do have some really good smaller players like James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But how much can that do for you? When you don't have anyone, like when Russell, not, Westbrook, not too much. Russell Westbrook shoots forty shots and makes sixteen of them. <laughs> yeah, look how that worked out for Oklahoma City. But um, the other team I was gonna say is Detroit. Yeah, just because I mean you. Oh yeah, they pretty much just what gave they away Andre Drummond. Drummond. I'm not looking at the. Paper. It was Brandon Knight, uh, John Henson, and a second round pick. Okay, so definitely not worth hundred. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why we were saying earlier. It's like, why wouldn't you and just sure give them to Chicago for yeah, a first? I'm sure they were offered more. You know, in the earlier weeks, like we've been talking oh, about yeah. Andre Drummond trades. Like those rumors have been swirling around for weeks now. Why did you wait this long to make such a lackluster trade? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna add one more loser to the list that didn't end up making a trade. It, it had well, actually two. First one's gonna be Boston. If Andre Drummond was moved for that much, you're not telling me you could have moved Romeo Langford, a shooting guard who you don't have any plans on actually keeping him for the long term. A guy at 20 who everybody just thought, well, it's just best talent available. He doesn't actually fit any need. You could have moved him, uh, Yabu Saley, and a couple second rounders. And that's the same hole. That's even a better haul than what Detroit ended up getting Mm -hmm. with Cleveland. And here's the thing. Romeo can shoot. You... They need shooters with Blake Griffin when he comes back next year if they decide to keep him. I don't know what the direction is. I mean, the Siku, uh, I can't say his last name from Detroit, the f- their first-round pick, he's not a shooter. Like, he's a lengthy player. I'll give him that. But I don't understand why Boston wouldn't have pulled the trigger if they knew that's what was on the table. I mean, even Nemanja Bielitsa, a, a Sacramento King, they need a stretch four, and they wouldn't do it. And then my second one is actually going to be Oklahoma City. Now, you could tell me Oklahoma City's in the position of, oh, we don't need to make a move. We already have all the draft capital. Mm-hmm. But you don't need Danilo Gallinari. You could have moved him. There was talks about him being moved to Miami, but they couldn't find an agreement of draft protections. Uh, as the first-round pick was supposed to be a protected one, they didn't want it to be that way. So that's what held it up. But you could have moved Gallinari somewhere else. Yeah, I'm sure there were plenty of teams calling for him. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to y- go off this youth movement, if I was Oklahoma City, I would have called him about Miles Turner. You have an abundance of first-round picks of, for, like, the next four years. You could have used a 2021 Heat pick and Gallinari and maybe something else like a Terrence Ferguson, and you could have got Miles Turner. Like, it doesn't make much sense to me what Oklahoma City was really trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who really knows? So, out of all these trades that have actually happened— is there one player specifically that you guys are surprised didn't get moved? Hmm. It's kind of tough. Man, I know. It's kind of tough there were because so many. yeah, because yeah. we're doing well. We're recording this literally right when the dead deadline ended, yeah. so it, it's kind of tough to think of one right off the I bat. Guess I got to go with Markinen that you mentioned earlier, just because you know how he's yeah. been lobbying to get out of there, and they're not giving him any minutes and. Why would you keep a player like that on your roster? I mean, it's not going to help anything in the locker room. He's not when you do put him on the floor. You know, he's not going to be in the right mindset. So I think they definitely could have moved him for something. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Kennard from Detroit get some more uh, future picks. I don't really know though. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if if Cleveland could get Andre Drummond for that price, we could have easily gotten Andre Drummond. I'm 
I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm part of me wants to go home, get on 2K, and see if they would actually do that. Part of me wants game. to go home. I don't think they would. Buy oh a no plane way! Ticket to Chicago <laughs> and just slap the front office manager. No. Uh, I mean, I guess at this point, did Tristan Thompson end up getting traded? Nope. That's probably my biggest surprise because I kept hearing it about him getting traded. I like, thought it'd be Kevin Love. I thought yeah, Kevin Love. Yeah. So yeah. When Drummond got moved, I definitely thought it was a swap for... Uh, well, I didn't. Uh, one of my friends actually said that, but my idea was you do Colin Sexton, Seti Osman in a first-round pick. Like, that kind of seemed fair. It didn't yeah. seem reasonable, but, like, talent-wise, it kind of made work. sense. Yeah, it didn't make too much sense to me, really. Like, this trade deadline was kind of questionable. I mean, there was a lot of uh, solid moves that were made, and there was a lot of what-are-you-doing moves. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're pretty much like it's almost like you're liquidating a few teams and spreading it am- out amongst other teams. So it'll definitely be, you know, fun next week to watch with all these new players and new places. It'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, exactly. And now my final question of NBA before we switch it over into the I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl, but we're gonna <laughs> have to. So what player is gonna be making the biggest impact for what team? Uh, Calvin, I'll st- I'll start off with you. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Clint Capella for Atlanta, just because I mean yeah, we've been that, talking that's the big about one, for, yeah. We've been talking about pretty much ever since we really started doing the podcast about how Atlanta needs a big man, and now all of a sudden they got a really really good one. So no, I, uh, like I like that, that one. Yes, impact. Yeah, I like that pick with Capella. I'm gonna go with D'Angelo Russell, just because Minnesota has been lacking a solid point guard seems like forever. Uh, Jeff Teague was obviously not the answer, so yeah. Um, it was interesting to see him come back and play well against us. Kind of just seems like he can turn it on when he wants to, which is pretty much the story of every Timberwolves player. Uh, anyways, the D'Angelo Russell is what I'm going to go with, just because adding a player like him, we haven't. I can't even remember the last time. Have we ever had a solid point guard? Mm, Ricky Rubio, ago. man. Yeah. What about your what boy you Rubio? You've loved that guy. I said, I the said, first <laughs> episode of Three Bros Sports <laughs> Podcast. You were loving Rubio. Yeah, but Rubio is not an all star. Rubio's you could have made an argument he could have been in Minnesota, but not now. <laughs> no. no, I mean, you can't hit. He couldn't hit any of his shots, man. Yeah, he's great at running the offense. He's great at setting up his teammates. Don't get me wrong. And I did love Rick Rubio, honestly. It was fun to watch him play, but um, I just, you know, he's not an all-star. And D'Angelo Russell has the potential to be great. And uh, yeah. I think that's a great addition with him and Cat. It's going to be Pretty fun to watch. Yeah, now, I could go with the basic ones of the O'Andre, Iguodala, uh, D'Lo. Uh, you could go all the big names. But I'm going to kind of go with one that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about too much. Alec Burks to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the Sixers needed more shooting as they play way too big. They need The one thing Philadelphia's really needed is a strong six-man to come off the bench. If Josh Richardson's going to be your starting two, you need to have a solid backup if you really want to go far in this playoffs, especially with the Eastern Conference Still wide open. I would say the Heat now may have the upper hand with Iguodala and getting more shooting. But, I mean, Philadelphia, they've made a strong case right now. And this is kind of a... they ha- These three second-round picks that they gave up weren't even theirs. It was Dallas, Denver's, and Toronto's. So, they didn't really give up that much. It's not of their own team. And also, I don't see those picks being top 45 anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was a really smart move for... 
Philadelphia, get more shooting. Even Glenn Robinson III, another athletic guy that you're able to push the pace a little bit more with the Sixers. And that's definitely what they're going to have to do if they want to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals or even be the team of the East. I'm sure those guys are happy they'll see the postseason now. So (laughs) it gives them something to play for. It's it's so weird how Alec Burks did this as he was playing really well in Cleveland last year. Then he got traded to Sacramento. And I was was actually at his first ever game as a king. He did nothing at all. <laughs> Nada. Uh, he just looked awful out there. And then he goes to go, he was supposed to sign with uh, Oklahoma City, and then the Russell Westbrook trade happened, and Oklahoma City said, hey, we'll give you the chance. Do you still want to sign with us, or would you like to go somewhere else? And Brooks is like, skirt, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, and he signed with the Warriors. And then everybody on the Warriors got injured, so he, he got stuck. He's averaging about 16 a game, which it's been solid numbers. Yeah. He's shooting really well. So I really liked that one. I don't okay. know what I'm hearing is that you shouldn't sign Alec Burks or else your team's going to be cursed. Well, <laughs> it's anybody the Kings trade for. It ha- hasn't been that beneficial, uh, sadly. Hopefully these uh, next couple guys coming in will help you guys out. I don't know. Jabari Parker's injured. I don't know if he can help us in a walking boot. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, After watching Dwayne Dedman. Add a little, add a little strength to that foot. Somebody <laughs> with it or something. <laughs> add a couple spikes to it. Let's see what you can do with it. Okay. I've been stalling long enough. Let's... Get into Talk the about that 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 game that happened. We yeah, there, there, a like, big I game. Think it's called the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think that's what it's called, if I'm not mistaken. Now look, I, I'll 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 be upfront about this. I didn't expect the 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl. I didn't expect them to take the NFC West. I didn't really expect them making it to the NFC Championship game. I thought that they were going to lose to New Orleans. That was my thought. Could definitely have gone a lot worse for your team. Oh, it definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Just ask we- Calvin. No, I remember <laughs> going into the year was like just around the beginning of the year was when Connor and I first met. And I remember talking to him. He's like, he's a Niners fan, all this other stuff. He's talking about how like, he's like, yeah, I think they could do okay. Maybe even have a winning record. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm seeing 4-12 <laughs> best. I know. And I, I remember I mean, they you really were, disproved that. I remember you were talking uh, earlier uh at the beginning of this podcast, maybe a couple episodes in, of uh, you've never seen a team so mediocre oh, yeah. go like yeah. seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. I mean, look at the time. What did that team have at the, t- they at didn't the even time? Have a I agree. Sanders. I agree with you. At the time, they were like that. But you know, going into that game, I, I had a lot of optimism for. It. I definitely thought the Niners had the upper hand, but they did the one thing that Kyle Shanahan is awful at, and that is playing conservatively. Like the reason why the 49ers lost to the Atlanta Falcons uh, week 15 was because they tried to play so conservative with the ball so they can rest up for uh, the Rams next week because it was a Saturday night game. There was no other game to play next week, cause Shanahan. Why are you playing so conservative? I'm sorry. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tone it down because I, I could I could be screaming for every single every single uh, person around here to hear. But I didn't understand what Shanahan was really doing. I understand uh, you're you're afraid that Mahomes could just make a miraculous comeback, but you were so afraid about it. You tried to prevent it so much that it just happened. It slipped right through the cracks. Happened again. Being, being up 10 mm-hmm. with six minutes left and losing by 11. Yeah, I mean, why would you have not given the ball to Mostert, who was averaging like six yards a carry the whole game? Well, no, that was the problem, is yeah. that they tried to overload the run in yeah. that second half. They tried to just run out the clock, and it's like, why are you trying to do that? You still need you need more cushion. Ten points is nothing to Mahomes. You saw that with the 24 nothing deficit early on against Houston. It didn't make or much sense. to three. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> make much sense what was going on. Garoppolo had a bad game. I'll give it that. 
But also, we have to admit that George Kittle pass interference call, that was a tic-tac play. Yeah, it was pretty much the same thing that happened in that Saints game. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's, I know, that's Kyle I Rudolph saw, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video comparison of the two, and it was like almost no difference. Yeah. But the main thing about it to me was how I'm not going to blame referees for this as the Niners lost fair and square. But there was a lot of calls that uh, kind of yeah, scratched man. your head. There was a, a Chiefs offensive lineman. You could have called the holding on pretty much every play. Well, also yeah, holding Nick Bosa. They were holding him. Well, <laughs> also one thing that uh, I was a little surprised about was there was a late hit on Garoppolo uh, in the fourth quarter. It was a late hit, but nobody called it. He was like way out of bounds, and he still got hit out. I remember but, that watching yeah. that. I'm like. Yeah, that, I feel like this should be a flag. But. Yeah, <laughs> and even the pass interference call at the end zone to uh, bring the ball up to the one in the fourth. That I know by rule that is a pass interference, but it wasn't much contact being made. I didn't feel like it was too much contact being made. It was kind of if not enough contact was initiated, but whatever. My thing is with the Niners is in that game uh, with like six minutes left, you're up ten. Third and 10, you allow a 55-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. Third and 15, you now allow that pass interference to set the ball up at the one-yard line. That's on you. That's not the referees. The referees can't say Richard Sherman uh, try to put a flag out there because Richard Sherman's run too slow. Uh, as they totally expose them, but I'll shut up now. You, you guys give me your, your takes. on the Chiefs, Calvin? I mean, Kansas City, a lot of 49ers. Yeah. Honestly, literally, the story of this game is that first three quarters, San Francisco dominated. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was theirs to run away with. But by the fourth quarter, San Francisco's defense was gassed. Yeah, they were. And I even texted you that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is. It my for first, them. I was going to type shut up, Calvin, but then I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because once you see, That's... like, Sherman's out there, like, slowing down and he looks defeated, it's over. And especially when you got. Well, Sherman Mahomes never had Hill. Sherman never had the speed to begin with. Yeah, I, like why? Are, I don't know. There was a lot of questionable defensive calls. Yeah, That's all I can say. definitely doesn't help your speed by oh, any God, means. No. But, uh, Being like thirty-two yeah. doesn't help either. No, no. I, yeah, there's, there's plenty of good memes that came out about Richard Sherman. It's like helping the 49ers lose since 2012 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. But and honestly, though, let's be real here. Patrick Mahomes should not have won Super Bowl MVP. It no. should have easily been Damian Williams. Oh, hands down. But that's kind of how the NFL is with with that stuff. It's basically yeah. going to be – like, that's an argument I've always heard. Whenever I bring up the Tom Brady fun facts or stuff like that, one argument I'm always told is like, well, well, I always will say, like, he doesn't really do that much in the Super Bowl. Like, he – here, here's the thing. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But he's, he's a vocal leader. He's not some generational talent that you could – like, from a homes. Put every, he could put everybody on his back and take them to wherever they want. Brady can't do that. So whenever I say, like, oh, he doesn't do that much in the Super Bowl, it's more defense wins you your championship. They're like, the yeah. why does he have the F- Super Bowl MVP award? <laughs> well, Timmy. Because he's the quarterback. How many because quarterbacks? Because of ratings. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, TV ratings, everybody buddy. Everybody loves Patrick Mahomes and his Kermit the Karab voice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> did, you see the, did you see the final Gridiron Heights? Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Eli Manning's trying to retire. (laughs) I love love how we finally got Brett into the Great Iron Heights episodes. Ah. It's just a classic. Yeah. I mean, I had seen him before, but I I wasn't like watching him every week until you start talking (laughs) about him. 
Uh, another player on the Chiefs that kind of isn't getting talked about a lot is Chris Jones on that defensive line. Yeah. I, I don't think he had more than one sack in the game, but he was pressuring Garoppolo throughout the whole game, mm-hmm. making it really rough on him. So that's another player. I mean, even you mentioned Damian Williams is probably deserving of the MVP, but, you know, there's other players on that Chiefs team that, you know, they weren't making the touchdown passes or the flashy plays, but it's team sport. You're going to win the game that way. So I was, it's just what the Chiefs did this whole throughout the whole playoffs. I mean, they don't show up first half. This time it was the first half and the third quarter and then come back and crush Connor's dreams. So. I think you could honestly make the argument for Tyron Matthew even being part of that MVP. Yeah, I mean, he, he did get beat a couple times, but he was always there. to Like, he didn't get scored on, I don't think. so. He was that big vocal leader for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all I got to say about that is, like, I'm happy for Ty. I truly, truly am. Yeah, but he, that ring should have a Cardinal logo on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm still so freaking bitter about that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> can't say anything about that. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest takeaway I saw out of this game was Jimmy Garoppolo still looks kind of raw. Oh, when I've been saying that. Like, that game, there were a lot of bad passes from him. I've been saying like, that, man. One of the big ones was what could have sealed it. <laughs> Be quiet, Brett. The, <laughs> you know, the 15-yard overthrow of Emmanuel Sanders that could have won the game. Well, you know what's funny like, is, yes, that that was a bad overthrow, but he's done that before. Yeah. Like, let's remember that, uh, that game-winning drive against the Rams week 16. Literally the same distance being thrown, and it was a perfect throw to Sanders. Like, he can do it. He just overthrew yeah. that one time. I'll... I'm, I'm not going to say his arm was awful, but... Yeah, just, just imagine the pressure on your shoulders, man. I mean, you're yeah. playing in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Every throw you throw, you're going to be... Yeah. It's just overthinking it to the max, so... And look, even... I, I think I said this at the very beginning of our podcast, uh, since we first started. It's like, give Garoppolo another year. Like, I, I, I'm not too oh, yeah. worried about how he is yeah. this year. It's next year that I'm more worried about as... Yeah, torn ACL, no training camp. You, you get put in in preseason games, and that's all you get. Yeah, and all the flat Kyle Shanahan is getting for... Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he got, got you the team to, there. He got you to the Super he did. Bowl. Like, in all honesty, San Francisco <laughs> had an amazing year. Compared to what a lot of people were talking about them being this year, it was easily one of the biggest differences I've ever seen out of any team in sports. Yeah. So, and, I mean, that's a lot to be proud of. It's a shame you lost the Super Bowl, especially in the fashion that they did. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot to be proud of. And, and honestly, I mean, this team's going to be back yeah, here again. He's young. That was actually going to be my he's next young. question. The team is young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so, and all your big pieces are still going to be under contract for a couple more years, yeah. which is now going to lead me to my next question, Calvin. You kind of just said it already. Would you expect the 49ers to be back in the Super Bowl by next year? Not next year. Really? I, After a loss like that, it is most likely going to take a little bit of time to recuperate from that. I think they could still be really good next year, but I don't see another Super Bowl appearance in their future. I mean, I, I can't really say who would even go there at this point because we, yeah. we haven't even started the offseason. Really. I mean, I won't say that they won't be there. I can't really think of another team in the NFC that, I, like, I'd say, yeah, that's the team that's going to be there. I think it'll definitely be tough. I mean, it's it's tough to get to the Super Bowl any year. I mean, yeah. they all start at Yeah, it is. No, zero. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, let's consider the fact that the 49ers weren't even supposed to be there last year. You're, you're building off great momentum. Yeah, I mean, losing the Super Bowl sucks. But you can at least look at that and be like, okay, we got that far. What do we need to add to this to get there and then actually win it next time? So, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they were back there again. I wouldn't be either. I mean, it's kind of like, remember the Denver Broncos. They got blown out in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then they come back the next year and they win it. 
So, yeah, well, the 49ers. It was the year did. after that that happened. They got blown out the following year. I, they, I don't know. They got blown out in 48, and then they won 50. Okay. Well, that's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're that, trying to say. That, that, yeah, they didn't get blown out, but they have momentum to build on. They can look at, you know, the holes that they need to fill. And, and you know, I, this is a really good team still. I mean, no, they are. I, so I fully agree with young, you on that. They got, yeah. Just add more experience to that. You know, I see a Super Bowl in their future, and they like, <laughs> give myself a nice buffer here in the next five years, but I could see it happening sooner Yeah, than that. I mean, even on TV, yeah. Delmarva, I, I said that yeah. the Niners will be a dynasty through the 2020s, yeah. as my decade prediction may not be completely dynasty, true. It's bold. But it's bold. It's supposed to be a bold take, bud. <laughs> I think there's other teams you can make the argument for for that, but, I mean, honestly, the big thing with San Francisco, I worry about is the pressure now, because this year they had nothing on them. It was just... Yeah. They, everyone thought Do you think George Kittle cares about pressure? No. Do you think he knows how to spell <laughs> yeah, that's pressure? True. But, I mean, clearly Jimmy Garoppolo has a little something on that. Yeah, he does. He and, does. I mean, at this point, especially with Kyle Shanahan, too, I mean, yeah, he did make it to the Super Bowl, but once again, he blew a lead late in the game. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he can learn next time. Here's hoping, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope for the best. But that's actually going to be wrapping things up for today's 3 Bro Sports Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed I know it was a little random at the beginning as the trade deadline had us all a little uh, discombobulated. We, we started to reel it in, I promise you. Yeah, we went over that. But I also just want to at least uh, say thank you so much for all the support of this podcast. Is, isn't just viewed in the United States. This is listened to out of the country. And let me let me list off the countries uh, as just a as a thank you. The people of Canada, Argentina, Lithuania, France, Ireland, Bosnia, the Netherlands, and Germany. So I mean, it's, it's just so cool to see that this podcast has actually been played elsewhere. Yes, Guten Tag. Neither <laughs> one of you know how to speak another language besides Gu- English. Guten Morgen. I don't even know what that means. Good man. morning in German. Well, people speak French in Canada. In Canada. In Canada. <laughs> Canada. You're a real American. So bon- bonjour. <laughs> you know? They're doing cool back, but... Wee oui, wee, oui, thank you. <laughs> but this podcast has actually just reached over 500 uh, plays. It's almost at 550 as we speak right now before this is uploaded. So I just at least want to say thank you so much for all the continued support and the growth that we've been uh, seeing. We also have our own website, threebrosports.com. I actually built a website. It was a... Uh, Quite an interesting time. You could learn a little bit more about yeah. us. Set it, set it as your homepage. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can learn a little bit more about us. And also, uh, if you want to contact us, if you want to start to advertise with us or on our TV show, our email's down there. If you want to start working things out, we can send you a paper with the rates coming out. I mean, as, as the show garnishes over a couple hundred views an episode, it's just on Facebook alone. I mean, the viewership numbers on uh, their streaming site and everything else are ginormous. So this is a big opportunity for any type of podcasters or anybody running a business that would like to expand it, especially throughout the Delmarva area, as it's kind of an untapped market. Uh, There's not a lot of uh, uh, sponsorships going around. So you definitely get an opportunity and a big a big base as well. But thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm Connor. I'm Calvin. I'm Brett. Have a good one. Three Bros Sports would like to thank Anchor FM for sponsoring this podcast and Benjamin Tissot on bensound.com for the amazing intro, outro music. Shut up and sit down.